Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, September 13th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture editor Ashley Steves. Ashley, another absolutely jam-packed weekend in the podcast feed. On Saturday, you and I spoke about uh, the absolutely fantastic Apple TV Plus uh, live capture of the Broadway production of Come From Away. Yeah. Um, we actually talked about it before that because I dropped it right at the stroke of midnight uh, on Saturday in the Eastern time zone. So that is available in the Patreon-only feed. We both loved it. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing we did not talk about, which I feel like we're going to have to talk about on our next review roundtable, mm. is a rematch of the 2017 Best Musical for, to- for Tony Award for the Best Musical. Ah, yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second, but I think we're going to have to talk about that in the uh, the next roundtable when I think it's going to be you, me, and Grace yeah. talking about the film adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen. But that is in the Patreon feed. Now in both the Patreon feed and the regular feed, you also have This Week on Broadway in which uh, Peter Felicia, Jenna Tessa Fox, James Marino, and Michael Portantier talk with the iconic, uh, I guess, performer, nightclub, impresario, host, Mm -hmm. everything, Jim Caruso, who, of course, um, runs so much of the cabaret programming over at Birdland. Um, They talk to him, everything that's happened with Birdland over the past year and a half, and they also discuss the Broadway production of Passover. Um, So check that out in your Patreon feeds now at patreon.com slash Radio. All right, Ashley, today is kind of what was supposed to be the last day before the reopening of Broadway. (laughs) Whoops. However, a handful of shows decided that they were going to jump the gun and opened, obviously, weeks and in some cases over a month earlier, which is goodness for that. Great. Not upset about that. But as you likely know, the big musicals that were originally going to reopen Broadway, at least that was the plan, were supposed to open on Tuesday, September 14th. And they will. Those will be the likes of Lion King, Hamilton, Wicked, uh, Chicago in there as well. Although I think the Weislers kind of usurped the, uh, the agreement that those other three mm, shows had just to mm-hmm. get on top of it. Yeah. So those shows will be getting, be beginning performances on Tuesday. And to celebrate, we are going to have a number of opportunities to watch some Broadway performances on TV for the first time. Uh, there's been a few, I guess, here or there, but, uh, th- we had know. a Chicago one for sure that was on like Good Morning America. Uh, yeah, we, and we also else. had we had like the whole Tina Fey produced thing that they were going to do oh, sure. uh, with yeah. that whole thing. And then we had some Macy's Thanksgiving Day stuff. But like this is like getting back to like what we've done in the past. We're like Broadway shows are performing on, t- you know, late shows yeah. and on morning shows. And it's going to be getting a really interesting Emmy week. nominations. Oh, my God. Please stop. <laughs> I hate that. Anyway, <laughs> the Tonight Show announced that they would actually be christening this week Broadway week. And they would be having a different performance from a different Broadway musical on each of the five shows starting tonight, Monday night, September 13th. This is actually technically, I guess I lied. It's not a Broadway show. They actually are going to be welcoming the cast of Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. Which will be led by by Jeremy Jordan now. Um, So that will be great on Monday night. Tina, the Tina Turner musical, which we're going to talk a little bit more about here in a second, will be on Mm. Tuesday. Dear Evan Hansen, looking to reclaim a little bit of positive word of mouth, will be on Wednesday. (laughs) The Queens of Six will be dropping by 30 Rock on Thursday. And then Wicked will be uh, capping off the week on Friday with a performance. But... 
That's not all. As Tuesday morning, the cast of The Lion King will be visiting their corporate synergist partners over at Good Morning America and performing, I God, believe, actually in Times so Square. awful to phrase it that way, but well, you're, not, I mean, you're, not, you're not wrong. I'm just, not wrong. Ugh. Yeah, so, so The Lion King will be performing on Tuesday morning, I believe, in Times Square on Good Morning America. But here's the one, Ashley. Hello. That I think you're excited that about. Many a person sent me the news to when it came out. Yeah. Yes. On, on, I believe, Wednesday night, September 15th, Stephen Colbert will be welcoming back his good friend yeah, for another chat, which they have been doing for well over a decade on Long late night time. shows. Yeah. Between the Colbert Report and this. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, uh, Stephen uh, Colbert will be welcoming Stephen Sondheim yeah. to his, uh, uh, the late show on CBS. So should be very fun. I don't know if he's just coming back to talk in general to talk about the Broadway reopening to announce the spring opening of Boonell on Broadway. I don't know what is what is this is about. I mean, company's not coming back for another couple months, so I'm not sure if it's just a general chat, but uh, but I'm sure you will be glued to the TV one way or the other. Actually. I just convulsed at even the mention of Boonell, so thank you, for, thank you for that memory. I'm actually, I'm still reading Lapine's book, and I forgot. They've talked about it in the past at some point, but the first conversation that they really had together before doing Sunday in the Park with, with George was about Boonell films. I'm oh, really? Like, yeah, like Exterminating was, Angel and yeah, stuff like, like that? Yeah, like literally the shows that they were going to make a musical about. It's like, oh, my heart. I just, when, uh, and this is an if, it's not really technically an end, but if mm. Stephen Sondheim ever shuffles off his mortal coil, which I'm not yeah, 100% not sure is happen. actually possible, yeah. I hope that his husband at some point has some sort of plans, or maybe Steve has plans on his own, yeah, to make so. his his unpublished works available, whether it's in book form or in a review or something, because we need yeah, more. As long as There's never cool enough. That. Yeah, yeah, of course. Give us more to see, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I like what you did there. Hey, yeah. Obviously very excited about this interview. Um, and will, as you said, be glued to the television. I've been, uh, one, a Stephen Colbert fan for a really long time. So I had watched the Colbert Report interviews when they were oh, on as, you know, they were new episodes and have since watched them many, many, many times, of course. So glad to add this. I can't, I don't know what he's going to be talking about either. I, we've got Assassins coming up now with Classic Stage mm-hmm. Company. We've got Company coming up. Um, so I don't know if it's just like a conglomeration of all this and maybe talking about, you know, his birthday concert that happened over a year ago at this point. Or maybe but the book or, or, or even Lapine's book. Also the book, also the book. Um, so maybe just like a conglomeration of all that. Maybe he's announcing something new. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll watch it. I'll, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Breaking news, I'm sure, on the Colbert Report. So. All right, Ashley, let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. We all know that as Broadway starts to come back and the world starts to reopen for better or for worse, that probably means that we're going to have to start spending a lot more money on things, whether they are theatrical or otherwise. <laughs> in some <laughs> cases, yeah, in some cases for a lot of us, this past year and a half when things were shut down, that also meant that our finances were shut down because we weren't able to work as much as we normally would. Fortunately, 
our friends over at Upstart can help you get your financial life back on track with just one visit to upstart.com. Yeah, my bank account is already starting to hurt with the return of the Adur. Uh, thankfully, as you said, Upstart is here for both me and for everybody else. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. They know you're more than just a credit score. They're expanding access to affordable credit. We love to see it. Uh, unlike other lenders, they consider your income, your current employment, and they find a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and and other information provided in your loan application. Once more, go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, as promised, we are going to talk a little bit about whatever this Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> film thing is. Um, we have not talked. We have not seen it yet. We are going to be watching it yeah. this week for a future review roundtable. But yeah. it did premiere last week at the Toronto International Film Festival. And crikey, folks, the reviews have not been great. I don't want to get into a ton of them because, like I said, we're going to talk about them and I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to oversaturate and influence us too much. But I did want to remind you that this film is directed by Stephen Chbosky and, of course, adapts the Stephen Levinson, Benj Pasek, and Justin Paul musical to the screen with the original Broadway Tony-winning star, um, <laughs> Ben Platt. I wanted to call him Dear, but that's a Grace <laughs> and RuPaul joke, so we won't do that. It also stars Julianne Moore and Amy Adams. So what I've done here, I have a link to the review roundup over at Broadway World, but what I did is I actually picked the two what I think are probably the two most polarizingly opposite Ooh, ones. interesting. Here's the thing. Even the most positive one isn't exactly like a rave, but um, Michael Reich Schaefen for The Hollywood Reporter wrote, quote, The absence of a more cohesive unifying tone is noticeable in director Chbosky's non-musical renderings, which also occasionally struggle to find an agreeable balance between the theatrical and the melodramatic. Despite the pesky distractions, Platt and company still managed to deliver the right message at precisely the right time. On the other hand, Valerie Complex, um, which feels like a Lisa Kudrow character, wrote for <laughs> Deadline, quote, I love Lisa Kudrow, Same. Um, quote, still, it is an irreparably problematic piece of work that manipulates the audience by forcing them to feel sympathy for a pathological liar whose own mental illness is exploited. To top it all off, Evan is forgiven by everyone around him and sees no real consequences for his actions just because they can understand where he's coming from. And she ends that with a question mark and an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she means it. This story is complete madness from beginning to end. But at least the actors can sing. Um, Ashley, I feel like Valerie has uh, felt the exact same way about this that you and I and Grace all have. Uh, yeah. I, I will admit, and we can talk about this when we do a roundtable. I didn't love it when I saw it, but it it 
it took me a while to fully form out some of these issues. Like I knew them instinctively, but couldn't put my, my words around them. Um, but over the past few years, like I feel like this show has soured so much for so many people. Yeah. I still, I still think there's good in it. And I still love Pasek and Paul. As I said at the time, this is not my favorite of their scores, but there are still some bangers in that score. Yeah, um, definitely. And I actually, you know, I didn't see Ben Platt in it. I, I saw his standby when I saw it, but like, oh, yeah, I saw Taylor no, Trench. Yeah, there. I saw. I don't. Someone with three names because everyone has three names. Sure. On Broadway. <laughs> um, but there's no denying that he was fantastic in this role. So it's very interesting sure. to me, and something we can talk about about how universally praised he was for playing this on stage, mm-hmm. and how apparently universally criticized he is for doing it on screen i don't know that that's ever happened before but there's going to be a lot to talk about even beyond our individual thoughts when we do our round table later this week or at the end of this week yeah i'm gonna have a lot to say about this when we get into it for the round table but certainly our social conscious has changed over the last few years and how we've perceived everything but especially this show and shows like it um these the ones the one that you said was the most or, you know, the opposite end of the most polarizing was not even the most Oh, it wasn't the rudest. No, no, no. It wasn't the angriest. I don't even know that I would consider some of the... uh, I I don't know that I would consider a lot of the criticism rude. There was definitely some rude criticism I saw, but I saw some reviews that were on the money and had a lot to say about it and i'm really grateful for some of those um <laughs> yeah we we the 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 opinion for the show has shifted so much in really fascinating ways to me in just over what 5 years yeah. Four years? I, well, I've lost yeah, track it, of time. it debuted. I think it debuted in 2016 in uh, yeah. Arena Stage in Washington D.C. Right, so. right. So this is this is a really fascinating one to me. I was going back and forth. I'm usually not on Twitter during the weekends, but I was taking little glances at it when that embargo came up because I was fascinated by what was happening in front of me. And and you know what? I'm really interested, and this might be something to discuss after we've seen it, but. I actually think that a piece like this makes me less uh, upset on stage than it. I th- I'm assuming yeah, it will on so. screen because so. there is a certain suspension of disbelief that we allow for theater, and there's a certain um, I don't know fantasism where the world in which people live in which they sing is you hand wave over some things that I don't think you can get away with on film because that Mm. is such a realistic medium which is always the push and pull of musical theater but when you're dealing with a show like Dear Evan Hansen where you have to actually hand wave over some really problematic stuff I think that becomes harder to do on screen than it does on stage 100%. so I think that's something that I was thinking about when I was reading this so I, I it's something that we'll have to talk about and I do want to correct myself it was uh, in DC in, in I believe in 2016 but it actually was one of those weird ones where it was off Broadway at second stage in early 2016 went to DC right, then came back to Broadway right. so just wanted to cl- clear that up gotcha. before we moved on but sorry to interrupt sense. go ahead no I was going to say that's a really important important point because i think the aspect it doesn't matter what genre of film you're doing from like as far left drama as you can do in period pieces to like superhero films you're trying to make the most realistic 
you know, depiction of what you're seeing on screen. Like you're trying to make it as believable to the eye as possible where that doesn't necessarily have to be. That's the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case on stage. Um, And of course there are exceptions to the rule of both of those mediums, but yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. And I think the transfer of the show to something that, you can't suspend disbelief as much as you would on stage is really where the show starts to fall apart. And I obviously yeah. have a, I, I loved the show when I saw it on stage. I was also in the middle really? of a massive anxiety attack. So <laughs> <laughs> like it was not the best time for me to see any show, let alone that show. Um, but a lot of that was my attachment to the music. And then as I've let it sit more and more and more, it's like, Oh, Oh no, what, how and why yeah. did that get produced in the, in the manner that it got produced? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why we're doing this five years later, but we're real, we'll, we'll really get into all that later. Yeah. If you thought that was interesting, wait till you hear the round table. But all right. <laughs> God. Actually, let's move on and talk about some other show and casting news. Last week, the full cast and creative teams were announced for the Broadway productions of Is This a Room? And Dana H. Dana H. is a one-person show, so <laughs> it did. stars. Casting, got it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, they did bring back the great Deirdre O'Connell, um, Jordan Jordan Baker, who is uh, somehow not the professional golfer who Nick tries to have a relationship with in The Great Gatsby, of will course. serve as her standby. <laughs> The uh, casting for Is This a Room will, of course, welcome back Obie Award winner Emily Davis as the uh, real-life reality winner. It'll also feature Becca Blackwell, uh, Will Cobbs, uh, and uh, Pete Simpson, as well as some understudies as well. These shows, of course, uh, are getting ready to be full, pre-game performances here very fairly soon. Uh, is this a room begins performances on September 24th? Dana H on October 1st, and they will both yeah. run through mid-January. Actually, I, uh, I there is nothing on Broadway that I'm looking forward to seeing more <laughs> than these two shows. Um, I bet, I bet. I'm uh, yeah. there's nothing on Broadway that I'm looking forward to you seeing more than these two shows too. <laughs> yeah, considering you that. missed them the first time, I know. Um, I will never figure myself. All right. Um, <laughs> something else that I'm actually kind of sad about when it comes to a Broadway casting announcement um, is that we knew that it would be a short return for Adrian Warren to Tina. Hashtag the Tina Turner musical. It's not really hashtag. I can't, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, but she will only be in the show through October 31st. That means when the show begins performances on October 8th, you've got like three weeks to see her in what by then will absolutely be her Tony winning role. However, her longtime Standby um, and alternate uh, Nikiki Obwe Malekwe will uh, assume the role full time beginning on November 2nd. I'm not 100% sure if she will also have an alternate slash standby. Mm. Um, I feel like having seen that show, you're going to need one. Um, so I would yeah. have no problem if she does. But if you need to see uh, Adrian Warren and, you, and trust me, you need to see her get there before the end of October. And finally, in this section, uh, performances for the new musical Trevor Colon, the musical, um, will begin performances on October 25th. And they have announced the young man who will play the title role of Trevor. Ben It'll Platt. be. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate you. Um, but it will be 13-year-old Holden William Hagelberger from Sugarland, Texas. Um, he won the role after a virtual casting call that went out um, nationwide and received over 13 submissions. Um, he uh, will be leading a, a cast of 18 and very excited for them. All right, Ashley, let's wrap up the show with a few uh, feel-good recommendations. The first one, just to kind of do the full, go full circle on our come from away talk on Friday, just, you know, the next day after we recorded our come from away roundtable and the day before it premiered, the current Broadway cast, which features a lot of the folks who were in the live capture that's now on Apple TV plus performed Welcome to the Rock in Times Square on Good Morning America. No corporate synergy there that I know of, uh, but we will have the video for that in the show notes. And then over the weekend, of course, as we talked a lot about last week, um, was the 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks and a broadway favorite and tony winner kelly o'hara was a part of new york's 9-11 memorial ceremony and she sang the iconic rogers and hammerstein song you'll never walk alone and we will have a uh, a video of that in the show notes if you need a good cry to start your monday oh always i am notorious for not having something to cry at obviously <laughs> yeah you need more um <laughs> Anyway, everybody, have a wonderful Monday. We are excited to get more Broadway shows back on the boards this week. We will be here Monday through Friday, and you can always find us over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.